Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. It's your host, Natalie Abbott, and it is the last episode in February, and I'm really hoping that you can say this along with me. So if you are not sitting in a coffee shop right now, I want you to say the verse with me. Um, If you are, you can just say it in your mind. But if you're in your car or you're in your home by yourself washing dishes, you got to say 1 John 4, 16 with me. It goes like this. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Wasn't that good? I had fun. Okay, so today we are talking to Deborah Faleda. She is a professional therapist, and she is also an author and a mom, and she loves Jesus, and she's got lots of life experience and counseling experience, and we are talking about how the rubber hits the road with this verse, how we can apply this verse to our lives, why it matters that we know and rely on the love God has for us. And if you did not listen to episode two, we really kind of dug deep into those two concepts. Um, And then today we're going to be talking just a little bit more about this idea that God is love. And what does it mean that if we live in love, we also live in God and God lives in us? Like, what even is that? This is some interesting stuff, guys. So welcome back, Deborah. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. If you didn't figure out who she was from our first episode, you got to go back and listen to that. But right now we are just diving into this verse and we are going to talk about God's love. Okay, so our verse says that God is love. What, like, God is love. It doesn't say he's loving. It doesn't say that he loves in a certain way. What does it mean that God is love? You know, I would say that how I interpret that is it's not necessarily um, these uh, a description. It's not necessarily a feeling. It's not necessarily a series of interactions like we're used to love mm-hmm. being. Um, but what we mentioned, the word in the last episode, it's a position, you know, the position Mm -hmm. of this love that gets poured out on us without us having Mm -hmm. to do anything. There's no interaction involved. Um, and, and, and I think that to me is just so significant because it's so different Mm -hmm. from the relationships we have in this world where there's always the expectation of giving and receiving. But when I just when God is love, he's the epitome of love. There's nothing I have to do to engage in the process or give back. I just receive it. It's almost hard for the brain to compute, but there's something really special about that. Yeah, that is true. Like to think that God loves me probably a lot of times in spite of what I do, that I experience his love as something that is just inherent that is like you said it's just given to us and and you're right like how do we even know to sit in that you know because because any other relationship that i have 
sure, there's going to be expectations of behavior and, you know, those kinds of things. But with God, it's completely different. It, he just loves. Yeah. Period. Yeah. He just is love. I mean, his, his presence is the very thing that we're trying to get in other relationships. And even just the thought of knowing that his presence comes with love, um, there's nothing we have to do, but, but be in his presence. And, and, and all of a sudden, all of those things are being poured out over us. So it's a very different way than we're used to living and receiving and engaging in relationships. And, and it's something that we can't necessarily compare and contrast with the relationships we have in this world, not even with the ones where we feel the most love. You know, I think about my relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. There's still a giving and receiving, a give and take, you know. It, right. you just, it, right. it doesn't compare uh, to the unconditional, overwhelming love of God. Yeah, I think about that idea of, you know, if you think of the First Corinthians 13 verse that everybody yeah. hears at mm-hmm. weddings, you know, love is patient and love is kind. Uh, it doesn't boast. It, it doesn't seek out wrongs. It's always, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, um, those kinds of things. Like, it's almost unbelievable that God loves that way. You know, like, how is that even possible? So thinking about that, when we talk about this verse, how do we even experience that as people? Like, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around, but what is your experience of God's love? Like, how do you, when do you feel most loved by God? I think when I'm seeing myself the way that God wants me to see myself, or I could say when I see myself the way that he sees me is when I feel mm-hmm. most loved by God. Last time we talked about the obstacle of seeing love in the way that it was modeled to us, which was in unhealthy ways, right? But I also feel like receiving God's love requires me to see myself the way that God sees me. And and sometimes there's things that block that. <laughs> Again, there's the labels <laughs> right. that people have put on me. Um, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not doing enough. You're, you know, whatever you are blank. And it's almost like, um, we've got this blank slate. Uh, there's, there's a psychologist named John Locke, one of the fathers, founding fathers of psychology. And he says, we're born with a blank slate and we don't know our identity until people start putting words on our blank slate that then begin to shape what we believe about ourselves. And I think those words inhibit us from receiving God's love because we start to live out of these false beliefs about who we are. If I'm not good enough, not worthy, I need to do more. I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not measuring up. It's almost hard to receive God's love because I don't feel like I deserve it. I don't feel like I've earned it. I don't feel like I can. I have to to do something. And, yeah. and so I, I feel for me, I'm able to receive God's love the most when I can correct and adjust those false beliefs that have been put on me. And, and honestly, there's a supernatural component here because I think in relationship with Jesus Christ, he comes to wipe away that blank slate. He doesn't just come to put 
his nice words in between the ugly words that people have said, like, oh, no, you are worthy. Oh, no. No, he comes to completely obliterate it and give us a new identity that we are valuable and that we are worthy because of him and that we are friends and heirs and 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 we are all of these things we are his bride and when you start really digesting those things it frees mm-hmm. you up to receive god's love it's like oh wait a second this is for me i can have this yeah. And so I feel like I, I I feel God's love the most when I'm functioning out of a healthy place of identity. Yeah, I love that that explanation of Him giving us a new identity. And I think we talked about this last time about how the Bible is really just saying the things that we're only now discovering with psychology and science and that sort of thing. That yes, we need a new identity, right? We need to have, um, we need forgiveness and we need to feel the love of God in our lives. Um, So what's one practical thing that we could do to be reminded of God's love for us? What's something that you do maybe that helps you when you kind of like, when you're in a funk and you're like, you know, spinning and your gears are spinning and you're like, I just don't even like, does God even love me? Yeah. Like, how do you get out of that spot? Well, I do a lot of journaling and Last time we Mm -hmm. talked about the importance of journaling our false beliefs about God compared to our real beliefs about God. And I think for me, it's been just as important and I should say crucial to write down my beliefs about myself versus who God says I am and what Mm -hmm. he says is mine in Christ. And, And comparing and contrasting the two, I find that the days that I struggle the most to enjoy God's love are the days that my list is longer and the days (laughs) that I can receive God's love are the days when his list is longer. And so really taking inventory of my thought life on a regular basis. Um, My good friend and mentor, Chris Kane says that she's one thought away from backtracking to her old way of life. And I really like that mentality. (laughs) Like one thought away, this means an active renewing of the mind and and Mm -hmm. filling it with God's truth of who he says I am, because that opens me up to then receiving all he has to give me. And and I just function at a much better place when I'm sitting under his love. Yeah. I think, um, I would say the same thing about journaling. That has been so crucial in my own life to um, coming against the things that are attacking me, those negative thoughts that we all have. Like we all are struggling constantly with whether it's something that somebody else wrote on your blank slate to say about you or it's something that you're saying to yourself. Exactly. I just feel like God's love is such an anchor for us and – but like i just i just know that there are people out there who are hearing this who don't believe it that <laughs> they don't they legitimately are like well maybe that's fine for you deborah maybe that's fine for you natalie but you don't know what i did or you don't know who i really am that i really am not a valuable person um what would you say to somebody like that yeah you know again I find that those sore spots in our life are just 
the mark that there's more healing to be done Mm -hmm. in those different areas because sometimes it's easier to default to the thoughts that are familiar. Mm -hmm. We've had them over and over again. Sometimes they're so familiar we don't even recognize them. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to default to those familiar negative thoughts rather than to shift to a healthy place of thinking. And if that is the, the, the thing that's on replay in your mind, Mm-hmm. My past is holding me back. I've done too many terrible things. I can't receive God's love. There's no way God could accept me. If that's what's on replay in your mind, that is evidence that there is healing work to do. There yeah. is something there that God is longing to heal so that he can free you to a healthier way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know in scripture, there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Nothing. There's absolutely, we don't have that kind of power. We cannot separate ourselves from God's love because we are not powerful in that way. His love is so much more powerful than anything we've done and anything we can believe. Hmm. And so for me, I look at those hard days or those dark seasons as a sign that God wants to heal me of the next layer. He wants to take me to a deeper place. Sometimes we think healing means backtracking, like, oh, great, here I am again. Why am I struggling with this again? No, it's not backtracking. It's God saying, next layer, next layer. I'm freeing you from one more layer of hurt and pain and burden. And I'm making you more like Jesus with every layer that we're revealing and healing. And and, and so I think even though it feels like a place of struggle to think I have healing work to do, it's also a place of freedom mm-hmm. to realize that we're about to enter a new level in our relationship with him. Oh my gosh. You just totally reminded me of my son's video games. Like you're going to level up right yeah. now. <laughs> You've got a new boss that you have to fight. This is going to be a battle. Um, but yeah, I do. I think you're absolutely right that sometimes we, we feel like when something crops up again, it's like, dude, I thought I already dealt with all my daddy issues or I thought I already dealt with, you know, this specific area of trauma in our lives, but you're right. And I love the idea that we would, instead of, um, looking at it like a negative thing that we would look at it like a positive thing, like God has more work to do in me. And I want to embrace that and I want to move forward and I want to level up, you know, just keep on working at that process of sanctification. Um, it, in fact, I would say as a, as an older Christian, I've been a Christian now for 20 years or so, that is just going to happen. And it, it does, there are times when there are seasons when it's actually harder than it was at the beginning when the world would have said I was a way worse sinner, you know, and I was doing all the terrible things before I knew Christ. But now that I'm a more mature Christian, my sin bothers me more. And it, it haunts me in a way that it didn't before, you know, and there, and there are times when I'm like, man, how is it that I'm still struggling with the same thing? Or how is it again, that I'm struggling with the same wound that is from my childhood even. Right. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think it, when, when, when we're willing to do that hard work and to go there with Jesus, he is kind and he is willing to like embrace us and to love us. And we can know his love through those hard seasons. And it, it only serves to draw us into a more uh, deeper and deeper relationship with him. 
More yeah, deeper and deeper. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, well, Deborah, this has just been so much fun. I feel like I want to ask you one last question. And it has to do with this last verse about, or this last sentence, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And I would just say, like, how beautiful that is, that idea that when we are living in love, that God himself is living in us and we are living in his power and the power of his love. Um, What is one way that we can do that? Um, as people, how can we be living in this love? And and what's one challenge, if you could give our listeners one challenge to live more in God's love, what mm-hmm. would you, what would you challenge them to do? Well, I love the idea that when we're living in love, we're living with God and, and he's living in us. And, you know, it's almost like love is the litmus test of God's presence in our life and our submission to him. And if, if he's really pouring down that love to us, you know, sometimes we can look around at our relationships and get a good gauge of the litmus test. Like, how am I doing? Am I receiving his love? Because if I am, I'm going to be living out of it as well. And he is with me and his presence goes with me, even when I look around me in my relationship. So since it is the month of February, yeah. What if we were to this month look around at our closest relationships and ask ourselves, would this person say that I am loving them? Would this mm. person say that I am exuding love, the love of God? Because I feel like that's a litmus test of whether or not we're really receiving God's love. And it's not an easy task. You know, I think of my family, I think of my husband, I think of my closest friends. Mm. And it's a challenge for me to A, be more deliberate about leaning into God's presence and his love in my own life. Mm. And B, um, being more deliberate in how I'm communicating that love and allowing it to flow out of me into the closest people in my life, not just in ministry, because that's the easy part, right? (laughs) Right. But in the day-to-day interactions with my husband and kids and parents and friends Mm. and siblings. Yeah. Um, And may God continue to help us receive his love even more Mm -hmm. so that we can freely give it to the people he's placed around us. Mm. I love that. I just want to point out to our listeners, too, that Deborah did not say, go be more loving. She did not give us a list of stuff to do so that we can do the right thing. Instead, she said, how can we receive that love better and therefore let it flow out of us, which is so important because my first thought is always, oh, I need to more. Right. Instead of, oh, I need to sit in the love of Christ more. Yeah. That's what we need. And then out of that comes this love that we can give other people. Yeah, 100%. I think it causes a natural change. Mm. When we default to the checklist of things I need to do better or more, or we end up in that rat race um, mm-hmm. and and it's never going to be enough. Yeah. And then we're looking at the people like, hey, I just loved you. Now appreciate me. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, so good. Thank you so much, Deborah. Again, for our listeners, um, she has a website and you can go there. We'll have a link to that and to her books and her podcast. Uh, This has just been so much fun. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your time with us, Deborah. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.